Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to get into the Bible with you today. And so can I just, I just want to ask you to like lean in to just kind of open your hearts, open your minds. Like we, I like to say, let's sit on the edge of our seats. Last night I was watching a basketball game. It was game seven of the NBA stuff, and it went way later than it should have because it kept going into overtime and stuff, and I didn't get to bed in time. But I was, I was sitting on the edge of my couch like, like the, this guy, hit, he, hit, he hit a shot at the buzzer to tie it, and I was like, I'm sitting there like, what is going to happen next? Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you, it's the Olympics or whatever. That's the way that, you, that something in your life excites you like that, and what I want to ask you to do is can we today just, in a way, in our hearts, posture ourselves in that way? Because not everywhere around the world has access to the Bible in the way that we do. You know, as we have missionaries right here with, with bazillions of people in China who do not have even the Bible in their own language. I mean, seriously. And so what we have, let's not take this light. Okay, um, enough of that. Uh, I am excited about this today, and so I'm skipping all sorts of things, and we're going to get this... Um, If you have a Bible this morning, find Matthew chapter 18 and Luke chapter 18, two different places. Put your finger in one of them. We're going to get to them in just a moment. What we're going to look at today, two different stories from the life of Jesus, uh, two different situations, but they actually have a very, very similar ending. And so we're going to kind of dive into both of those together, quickly talk about them, and then we're going to kind of make some observations, and we're going to have some fun things with this too, because we have the kids in here with us, uh, and so we're going to do something with the kids too for those that want to, all right? That sounds awesome. All right, so here we go. Let's start by doing this. Will you stand with me all over this place, and we're going to read, we're going to read from the Bible, um, two different passages of Scripture, And we'll stand just as we read. Follow along in your Bible or on your phone, or we have it on the screen behind me as well. So let's start with Luke chapter 18, and starting in verse number 15. Luke 18, 15, here's what it says. It says, One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus, so he could touch and bless them. And when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Okay, now flip over Matthew chapter 18, if you have that. We're going to read our second story here back to back. You'll see similar types of things in it, okay? Here's what it says, verse number 1. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him, put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, we ask that as we open your very word and as we look at what you have to say, that you would do the things that only you can do. God, that our hearts would be so open to your word moving and breathing in us. Uh, Challenge us, change us, move us forward. God, we give this time to you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat.
I always feel so alone up here when you guys do your high five things. And I don't, I'm just like, I really want in on this, but I have nothing. I'm just playing. Do you ever wish, listen, listen to me right now, hang with me. Do you ever wish that you could go back to when you were like a little kid? Come on. <laughs> like a little kid just said, yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right. But seriously, think about this. You have zero responsibility Someone is taking care of your every single need. Uh, there is nothing but amazingness in your life. It, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, my earliest memories come from when my family lived in a city a little north of here called Detroit Lakes. Uh, I, I lived in Detroit Lakes from about the time that I was two up until about third grade is what that was. And I remember all sorts of random things from that stage of my life. I remember our neighborhood, and I remember our neighborhood kids. Any of you grow up in a neighborhood with a whole bunch of kids? We had, some of you are like, no, I didn't, and you were sad when I said that, but we had kids everywhere. On, the, on our block, it was this kind of side, this side little thing, and it was a cul-de-sac, and there were a bunch of houses, and every house had little kids our age, and we used to just run around a neighborhood all the time, in fact, I remember um, the parents back then, we didn't have cell phones or anything like that as third graders. Some of your third graders have cell phones now. All right, not mine yet. All right, but we, we would be playing all day, and my mom would go out in the back porch, and she would scream her brains out if it was supper time. Did any of you moms ever do that? Like, she'd yell, Dio, it's David! And I'm like, okay, mom. And then you'd go back, all right? Uh, so I remember that. I remember playing hockey on our little frozen pond. I remember playing baseball in our yard. In fact, we had this massive pine tree right in the middle of our yard, and we nicknamed it Kirby Puckett Pine Tree, because that's the era that I'm in. And we used to play with Kirby Puckett Pine Tree, uh, and every once in a while, the tree would catch the ball even. It was just kind of cool. All right. But I remember that. I, I remember getting on my bike as a pre-third grader, and with a friend of mine riding our bikes on the highway for like three or four miles to go to the baseball card shop. And we would go spend 50 cents and get a pack of baseball cards. And inside the baseball cards was a piece of gum. It was not good gum. It was nasty gum. And it was like, it would fall apart. In fact, the crazy thing is, I, I was... Me and my, my son were at, like, a few years ago now, we were at this mall, and they had this baseball card thing kind of set up, and someone was selling a box of baseball cards from 1987 for $10, like the packs. And I said, yeah, I'm doing So we did that, and we started opening, and we had gum from 1987. <laughs> it tasted just how it sounds. Awful. It felt like chalky. How many of you remember the gum from baseball cards? Yes, we're all on the same page. I remember that. I also remember, I have memories of swinging in my backyard with my sister, and she was younger than me, and we would sing this song as we swung, if that's a word. Okay, and we would sing, one, two, three, count those trees. That was the whole song. We, and we just sang it over and over and over again. And then I would say to her, her name was Kelly, and I would say, Kelly has smelly jelly in her belly. And then she would go run crying. I remember all of those, oh, to be a kid. How many of you know what I'm talking? I love that. A, a few moments ago, we read, we read two different stories from the life of Jesus, two different situations. And 
Though they're different stories, different times, different situations, we actually have Jesus kind of saying the exact same thing two times. And in both situations, Jesus uses children in a way to teach the adults a lesson. I love it. It's so cool. And so here's what we're, we're going to do something a little bit different today um, because we have some kids in this place. And so um, I need my helpers to grab these tables and bring these things up here. And you have about 30 seconds, guys. And so let's pull this off. We're going to put a table here and a table here. And here's what I'm going to, here's the open invite for the kids today. If you want to, you can come and sit around one of these tables. We've got some paper and some markers and some crayons, and you can color and draw and do whatever you want to do. Okay, does anyone want to do that? Raise your hand, kids, if you want to do that. Okay, as some of us do. All right, we have some chairs coming in here quickly. And so, kids, if you want to come, you can come and sit right here, uh, and we'll get you some markers and different things. All right, so any kids want to come, go ahead and come right now. Come right now. Come right now. All right, let's go, let's go. And then I'm going to give you some rules. <laughs> All right, go ahead and sit down. We have some more chairs coming, too. Looks like we need a couple more chairs here, guys. We have, just grab one from the front row if we need to. Okay. There we go. We're good. We're good. I think that might be all we need. Any of the other kids want to come? Okay, that's all right. Um, if, if you decide later, if you're a kid and you decide, I want to come up, you can sure come up and you can color. Uh, and so here's the rules, kids. Are you ready? There's a couple rules. That is, we want you to try to whisper and be as quiet as you can, okay? Think we can do that? Nod your head. All right, three of us say yes. Okay, we also, there's no going on the stage. We're just calling this, no playing the guitars, no playing the drums, no jumping off the stairs. Deal? All right. Um, we want you to color something, and if you want to at the end of the service, we'll show it to everybody what you colored. If you don't want to, though, you don't have to, okay? All right, this could be the worst idea I've ever had in my life, but that is okay. And if you, at any time, if you need to go back and sit with your parents, feel free to do that. And parents, if you need to come rescue your kid, I understand this is going to be distracting, and it might be, and that's okay. Are you with me? Yeah. Woo! That's good. That's good. I'm excited. Uh, two passages of Scripture. What we're going to do here is we're going to go through both of them, talk them out a little bit, and then we're going to just kind of make um, some observations of what it looks like to, to be like a child. All right? So let's start with the Luke passage, that story. We're going to read it again and talk it out. Take some notes if you have something to write on, because this will, I think this will be important. Um, so here's what it says. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Now, story number one, picture this with me. Thousands of people are following Jesus everywhere he goes. Why are they following him? Because he's healing people, and he's doing miracles, and a dead girl, like, raises to life, and everyone is freaking out everywhere. Do you understand what this would be like if we had this here in Long Prairie? Everyone would come out to see what is going on. So we're talking thousands of people who are coming to see what Jesus is doing. And then Jesus begins to talk, and the people are amazed by this man who is so, he's so wise. He knows so much about God, even though he's never really been schooled in this. And it's just like, what is, there's something about this man. 
And so people are coming from everywhere. Well, part of that is we have these people who are bring, begin bringing their little tiny children, even their babies, to Jesus. To, for Jesus to touch them and to bless them is what it says. What's the deal with that? Well, they thought Jesus was like a rabbi. And in a way, he was a, a teacher. And a, and a Jewish rabbi during this day would often just give this blessing over children, and people would bring their kids, and the, the rabbi would bless them. So this is the situation, but the disciples see this beginning to happen, and what do they do? They, it says they scolded the parents. It's like, here's, here's what's going on. They're seeing these, pe these people are lining up with their kids, and the disciples literally are going and saying, hey, he's super important. He's super busy. There are, there are people who are really hurt that need him. There are people who are dying that need Jesus, okay? He doesn't, it's just not that important. He doesn't need to do this. And so they begin to, okay, to act like this towards these people. Jesus then responds by saying, it says, then Jesus called for the children. Jesus sees what's happened. And he says, let the children come to me. Don't stop this for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children, like these children, the book of Mark tells this same story uh, in chapter 10, but when Mark writes this, he actually says Jesus became indignant, like he was angry that the disciples are keeping these children from coming there. He, and he says, let the kids come, don't stop them. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And then he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God, like a child, will never enter it. That's our first story. Can you feel that context? Okay, I need you to nod, okay, like, and say yes or something. I know you're Norwegian or German and you don't do that kind of thing, but like, it'll help me. Are you with me? Wow, look at that. You went out there, didn't you? All right, so then to, then to the book of Matthew, Matthew 18, quickly. Okay, it says, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him, put the child among them. Okay, picture the 12 disciples, Jesus, he takes this child, puts him in the middle, and he says, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, unless you turn from your sins and unless you become like little children. Twice here, Jesus has responded with become like little children. Say that with me, become like little children. Some of you are like, my husband's got this down. Yeah, okay, not what we mean, all right, I'm with you, all right. Okay, so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Different story, very much the same. Let me kind of put both of those on the screen at the same time here for me. Go to the next slide for me, okay? So here we go. This is the summary of both of our passages. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Matthew 18, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins, become like little children. So here's the question. The simple question for us today is what does it look like for us to become like little children? in the context of what Jesus is saying here. Now, there's a number of different directions we could take this. We even have humble as being something we mentioned, and we have uh, childlike faith, and we've talked about that, and all of those kind of fit into this. But as I, was, 
as I was kind of praying through this and putting this together the last couple weeks, um, I, I kind of had three things in a way come to my mind. And so I want to just kind of give you these three things and we're just going to talk them out, okay? To become like a little children. Number one is this. Are you ready? Children are fully present. Children are fully present. Some of you are like, I don't know what that means. Okay, kind of a weird thing to say, but let me unpack this. If we were to somehow be able to take a brain scan of these little kids right here who are coloring in front of us, if we, if we could hook them up to some doctor thing and it would show us what they are thinking, do you know what I believe we would find that they're thinking? I think we would find that they're thinking about coloring. Turn to your neighbor and say, this guy is brilliant. Yeah, okay, I know, I'm with you, okay? Like, like I just, I feel like if we were to, what are you, you are thinking about coloring. They would not be thinking about the stress of their week. They would not be thinking about tomorrow and all the things that they have on their to-do list. My little girls are up here, they have no idea what we're doing tomorrow. That's for tomorrow, Okay, right now, this is where we are, and this, I think we'd find that they were fully present in what they were doing in this exact moment, and as adults, we are not very good at this, are we? We're not very good at this. Here's the way most adults live, okay? We're here, but our minds are actually someplace else, and then eventually, once we actually get over here, our minds are no longer here, are they? Our minds are now someplace else. And we live in this constant mix-up between where we actually are and where we are in our mind. Constantly thinking about what's coming next. Constantly thinking about uh, where we're going and what we're doing and worrying about the future, by the way. Come on. We do this all the time. Now, I'm just about to say something absolutely brilliant. Are you ready? I hope you're ready for this. Like it is, this is, this is it. I hope you're ready for this. Okay? Where you are, be there. That's it. Where you are, be there. Okay? Like we waste our time and waste our energy worrying, worrying about our children, worrying about tomorrow. Worry, like Matthew 6, 25 Jesus just says, this is why I tell you not to worry about your everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and drinks in your body and more clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more, far more valuable than, okay, can wor your worries add a single moment to your life? Do you understand to worry, the, like the definition of to worry is to actually feel terror about the future. Think about that for a moment. Terror about the future. Does that sound like a healthy thing for us to live in? Terror about the future, okay? Children live fully present in the moment right here, right now. What are we doing? We are coloring. That's what I'm, okay. Number two, children forgive and forget. Children forgive and forget. I have two little girls and they are amazing. Hi, Nora. How are you? Hi, Madeline. They're Okay, uh, these are two of my, the two little, even though they're not that little anymore, which is crazy. But they love to play together. All the time they play together. Everywhere, if they go everywhere together, they play together. It's so amazing. Um, but it's not without conflict. How many of you parents know what I'm talking about? 
okay, yeah, you're right there with me. Even though they play together all day long, they still at times do hurtful things to each other. Uh, It's a common occurrence to have someone yelling and crying and tattling on the horrendous whatever. Madeline kicked me in the mouth again. Okay, or uh, yeah, Nora bit my toe or whatever it is that's going on. But the amazing thing in, in, in children and the amazing thing with my girls, like this is so picture perfect. Though they do harmful things to each other, though they call each other names, physically harm each other, break each other's things, all of the, it's amazing how easy it is for them to forgive and to forget that it ever even happened. It's an amazing thing in the life of a child. Madeline, did you kick Nora in the mouth? Yes. Will you please tell her you're sorry? I'm sorry, Nora, for kicking you in the mouth. Okay, it's all right. Let's go play. It's so amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's an absolutely, in one moment there's complete chaos, and the next it's like it never even happened. Wow. Think about that for a moment. We could spend six months talking about forgiveness in the Bible but for the sake of time, just let me say this. Listen, and some, for someone in this place, this is for you today. For some, don't miss this. Central to the gospel message of Jesus is a God who made a way and a God who forgave, forgave us even though we did not deserve it. And central to the life of the kingdom of God is learning to forgive people who have wronged us. It is central. The Greek word for the word forgive, it literally means to send away. To send, the picture here is that those feelings of revenge, those feelings of hatred, we, we choose to send them away. It does not mean we become buddies. It does not mean that we, we say everything you did was acceptable and okay, but we choose not to live in the bitterness and the anger and the hurt inside of us, we choose to let that go. In a way. The kids have an amazing ability to forgive, don't they? It's amazing, amazing. We're going to touch on that a little bit later. All right, number three, and we'll stop with this one today, but we're going to kind of bring this all to a big head as well. Number three, children live with a sense of hope and adventure hope and adventure. There is just something about adventure in the life of a child. They wake up thinking, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? And we're like, well, we're pretty much just going to do the same thing that we did yesterday. And they're like, yes! I love coloring! Come on! We get to color! I love it! Yes! You don't hear him say like, I'm so sick of green squiggly lines and flowers. Ah! We don't hear them think that, do we? Like, there's just something in the life of a kid that is like, what are we going to do? I mean, mean, have you you ever ever seen a three-year-old sleep in? No. No. Have have you ever heard a two-year-old say like, I just want some time to myself to center myself like you they they don't okay there's just something in the mind of a child that looks at the world in this beautiful optimistic way adults we're not like this we don't live like this we live more like we we live in more despair than hope what is despair despair is the feeling that things will never change 
that things will always be like this, that things will never get better. And we get stuck in these rerun lifestyles. Like, we get up in the morning and we take a shower and we go eat breakfast and then we go to work and we work and we eat lunch and we work and we come home and we eat supper and we watch TV or do whatever and we go to bed and then we wake up and we take a shower and we eat breakfast and we go to work and we lunch and we, and we go to bed and then we wake up. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And as adults, it can be very easy for us to just kind of get stuck in this rerun lifestyle of things are always going to look like this. Things are never going to change. Things are never going to get better. And we carry around this blah version of life when the, the, the Bible actually kind of attacks this attitude. The, the, I mean, the Bible is all about change. It uses phrases like new every morning. New every morning. It, it says things like, God wants to bring you a hope and a future. And, and a life more abundantly. That's good stuff right there. That's the, that, that is the Bible. I mean, come on. Do any of you kids, do, can we see any of your drawings? Does anyone want to show us a drawing? No? Does anyone? Does anyone? Can, I, can we see yours? Can, we, can I show everybody yours, Nora? No? No? Can we see yours? It's beautiful. Can I show people yours? Oh, yes! All right, here, come bring it all the way over to me so I don't hurt myself. I'm getting old. This is, what, what's your name? Sophia. And how old are you, Sophia? Four. Four years old. Amazing. This is Sophia's drawing. I love it. This is beautiful, isn't it? So good. There's a refrigerator that's got your name on it for that one. No question. That's so cool. I, I love that. I mean, like kid, kids just have something. There's no instructions for them. Just draw. Just color. Just draw. They just, they just, they do it. I think that's so good. Uh, before we go, like I, I want us to just take a few minutes here for just kind of a time of reflection and to just kind of ask ourselves a few questions, okay? Based on the words of Jesus, based on maybe what God is speaking to you individually, one of the cool things about a situation just like this is I, I just so believe that, that God speaks different things to different people depending on what you need right now. And so for some of us in this place, you need encouragement you just, you need to feel like there's hope for your future. And I believe God so clearly just wants to point you in that direction today as we have even this picture in front of us of these little kids uh, and, and just the way that they think and the way that they live and the way that they believe. Have you ever, you ever heard a kid pray? There is something so special when kids pray. Like, it, it's not a lot of words. It's just but it's just filled with this belief that it's going to actually happen. As adults, we kind of pray, God, I just I pray that you would do this. You're probably not gonna, but I still just, you know, if maybe, sort of, I doubt it, but you know, like it's, it's really kind of in our mind. We may not say those words, but kids believe. It's like, God, will you, will you make them all better? And then it's like, they're better, right? I mean, that, that's just the way that they think. For some of us, you needed to hear that. For some of us, it's this idea of forgiveness. And allow me to just camp here for a moment because there, 
This is one of the things that as pastors we deal with more than anything else. I I could do messages and messages on the topic of forgiveness. There are people in this place right now, someone has hurt you. Someone has wronged you. They were wrong. Something they said, something they did. It could be abuse for your, in your past. It, it could be, I don't know what it is for you, but right now someone comes to your mind and it even builds up inside of you a little bit. What they did was not okay. But you have chosen in a way, whether you think about it this way or not, to carry that around with you everywhere that you go. And let me just tell you, you continue to carry that with you and it gets heavy. And before long, it will begin to, it will begin to kind of move into everything that you do and everything that you are. And what I'm asking you today is to not carry that around anymore. For some of us, this is the process. And for some of us, this is, you, you need help because you have been hurt so deeply. You have been abused, whatever it, it, it is. But, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God, God doesn't want you to live like that. God wants you to be free. And you can be free. You don't have to carry that around anymore. One person said it this way. They, they, they said, uh, learning to forgive is like setting a prisoner free and realizing that the prisoner was you. Because some of us, we, we can't imagine letting them off the hook for what they did, when in reality, you are keeping yourself a prisoner. Someone in this place needs to move in that direction. Will you stand with me all over this place? Maybe for you, it's about being fully present about when you're with your kids, you be with your kids. And when you're at work, you, you work. And learning how to do that. And I don't know what it is today that God is, is asking you to do, but I think every one of us here, no matter where you're at in your situation, we all have ways and places where we can take a step in the direction of becoming more like a child. Are you with me? God, I just pray right now. I pray that even as we encounter you through your very word and you speak life and different things to different people here today, God, I pray, I pray that we would respond to what you are asking. I pray that we would take a step in your direction even right now. That we would fully understand what we need to do. And so, God, I pray for those in this place that need to forgive. I pray for those who have been hurt, who have been wronged. God, we are not saying what happened to them is okay. It's not. It was wrong. We fully just throw that out there. But, God, I pray that we would not carry that around with us anymore. God, let us be free. Let us be free. And I, I kind of declare freedom right now in the name of Jesus on those that need that. We pray for that, God. Can we pray that faith would rise up, that we would begin to believe that you can do anything. God, that we would not fall back into discouragement and into feeling like things will never get better and things will never change. But God, Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus that we would believe that you can move mountains. God, 
And God, I pray for those that are so trapped with worry and anxiety, living their lives with, with this terror about the future and terror about what will happen to my kids and the, whatever that look. God, will you, will you open us up to a new way to live and a way to trust you like never before? God, we love you and we need you. One final thing here before we go. Maybe you're in this place today and you have never responded to the message of Jesus. Jesus came and he died for you. Why did he die? Because we are all sinners and we all need a savior. It's why God sent his son to die. And if you will put your trust in him, put your faith in Jesus, you can be saved. It's what, that's the words of the scripture. And with no one looking around, if, if that's you today and you would just say, I need to respond to the message of Jesus the gospel of, a, of a Jesus who died for me, and I need to respond that, to that today. If that's you, will you just show me your hand? I just want to pray for you. Anyone in this place at all that would just say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else that would say, yes, that's me. Church, can we just say a prayer together? Everyone in this place, let's just pray this. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray, amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and let's just celebrate that moment. God, we worship you. God, we thank you. Now, let me just kind of speak something over you here as we close. May you walk out these doors today and live your life like a child. May you forgive people. May you live fully present. May you not be gripped with worry. May you live with the faith that comes in a child believing that God can do anything. Amen? Amen. I forgot to do one thing that I wanted to do. I do want to pray for the dads here before we go. So let me do that. If you have a father, a husband with you, will you just put an arm around them or hold their hand or something? Just let them know that you're there. Um, oh, yeah, come up here, guys. That's special. Evan, you can come up here, too. Let's just pray. This is my family. They're crazy. And I love them. All right. Let's just pray, guys. God, we pray right now for the dads. We pray such an incredible anointing of your Holy Spirit. God, let us lead our families to love you every day. Keep us safe. Keep us healthy, God. Challenge us, change us, move us forward, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for coming today. Make sure you visit our missionaries at their little table. You are dismissed. <laughs>